0: I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle,
1: you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality.
0: Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to be back with you. I was in Nashville at NRB at the end of last week. I uh, had the chance to see uh, former President Trump speak um, and went to my room and got some takeout and watched a hockey game instead, but it was still good. And they said he did a good job. I also got a chance to uh, sit down with a bunch of potential guests and with some PR people. Uh, and so I got to tell you, we've got a lot of really good interviews coming up. So appreciate you guys being here, um, supporting this over the years, watching it, hitting share, subscribe, like, follow, all those good things. Today, we have a wonderful guest. Uh, she is a, a writer, so some of you ladies um, may know her, some of you men too, I guess, I don't know, not my genre, <laughs> but uh, Betsy St. Amant is the name on the uh, fiction novels. Uh, her full name, Betsy St. Amant Haddocks, is here, and you know, it's one of those tough situations, um, and I'll let her tell her story, but uh, you kinda, it's almost out of a story. A romance novelist faces an unexpected divorce. What do you do? And, you know, as Christians, it makes it even more complicated. How do you walk through that? You guys, if you walk through a divorce or you're walking through a tough time right now, I really hope that this program will speak to you because um, it can be damaging. And unfortunately, the church sometimes doesn't help the way they want to or the way they should. Uh, But you need to know that God still loves you. And there's, there's hope for you and redemption and wholeness all available. To you, whatever you're going through. So appreciate you guys being here. Betsy, great to have you on Life Today Live. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here.
0: So hopefully I didn't tell too much of your story. Before we get <laughs> into some of your story, uh, just remind people of, of some of the, the fiction novels that you've written that they may have seen, some of the romance.
1: Sure. I've written uh, Tacos for Two, All's Fair in Love and Loving Cupcakes, <laughs> uh, The Key to Love, and uh several others novels novellas um i've been doing this about 15 16 years so quite the collection so far
0: uh that that's fabulous that's what my wife reads uh it's funny because you know somebody's usually murdered in the first chapter of my books but there's always somebody <laughs> finding love and hope and in her books it's, it's different worlds but no i love i love that you do that um But tell us about some of the nonfiction that you've lived.
1: Right, so the reason I wanted to write Once Upon a Divorce, Walking with God After the End, was because it was such a story. And it was the story that God was working out in me, and in my life, and in my heart, and my faith. And I know that I'm not the only one. I know that so many women, and even men, kind of as a secondary audience, you know, go through, unwanted divorces as Christians. Mm -hmm. And I felt like when I was going through that, there weren't a lot of resources, like current books out there addressing unwanted divorce, Christian divorce, all of those, you know, keywords. And I just felt the nudging of the Lord to tell my story, to put out the content that I wish I would have had at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the story, uh, the book was born, but it all started... Um, 2013, my husband of nine years came home from a men's Christian retreat in California and he was done. And obviously it was kind of a slow fade. It was a buildup to that. Um, but that's where everything kind of began was February, 2013. And that just started an entirely new season of my life obviously but also my faith and that's what i like to talk about the most yeah. Is not i don't mind talking about those those hard times but what shines so much brighter than that is just the way the lord met me in that season and what he did in my faith that you know really makes it worth it i i wouldn't want to go back to who i was before
0: yeah i, I have to ask how does a man go to a christian retreat and come back and say see you honey
1: yeah. <laughs> he um he had been through a lot and there was, you know, that's that's more his story. Yeah, yeah. But he made a comment before he went to California and said, "If God doesn't change me while I'm there, I'm going to have to change something when I get back." Mm-hmm. And so he kind of gave God this ultimatum. And I rose to the challenge. I organized prayer meetings. I thought I knew exactly what the Lord was going to do. He was going to, you know, fix him. And it was all mm-hmm. going to be great Mir- you know, big miracle story. Um, and that is not what happened at all, but I'm learning and I learned and am continuing to learn that God's story is always so much better than the one that I can try to write. Uh,
0: I, you know, was there ever any sense of, you know, God, I haven't done anything wrong here. Why is this happening to me at all?
1: Absolutely. I grew up, um, you know, in the church, uh, since nursery days, I mean, born and raised in the church. I was, um, a Christian made a profession of faith at a young age. And I was kind of subconsciously believing that there was this formula and I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I can see I had this equation in my mind of, okay, if, if I'm as good as I can be, I know I can't save myself. This wasn't about salvation, but right. just about life challenges and trials. Somehow, I thought if I did all all the things right, stayed on the good side of God's of God's radar, you know, um, I wouldn't have to go through anything too hard. <laughs> and obviously, that's not something I would have voiced. But that really was kind of what I believed. I thought those big hard things, like divorces and things like that, happened to people who, you know, had kind of done things to encourage that, not deserve it, not like that, but just, you know, they had made bad choices or put themselves in situations and it was kind of halfway their fault. And I was humbled really fast and realized that was not, that was not the case. Um, So yeah, it was quite the journey.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. And you know, I mean, we wanna have this theology of uh, all things will be good. When scripture actually says that god it's a promise there is hope and he will work all things for the good you know to those love men are called and according to his purpose but right. that is only miraculous if you will when bad things happen and and yeah the scripture gives us a way to walk in his kingdom the kingdom of heaven here on earth but yeah. part of it says it's going to be hard and unfair things are going to happen to you very well you know likely could um right. and so did did this adjust some of your theology
1: absolutely i another kind of hard thing for me to walk through was trying to figure out and not that i still have all this perfectly figured out by mm-hmm. any means but it was a journey of trying to reconcile how does god's sovereignty work with man's sin and mm-hmm. choices And mm-hmm. that's kind of an age-old question um but in my mind at the time i was so confused because i thought Okay, if God is really sovereign, which I believe he is, then why can't he change his heart and make him stay and fix this? Because God obviously is against divorce. That's not his ideal plan. So why was that not happening? But the alternative was horrible to consider, which was God's not really in control. And I'm at the mercy of this flawed human. It it was it was a lot to to walk through, and I, I do address some of that in one of the chapters in the book.
0: So where did where did you end up in that? Because that is, I mean, it's all great theory when you're sitting in the pew, but when it's happening to you, you have to reconcile yeah. sort of those ends. Where would you land?
1: Both <laughs> both <laughs> are true. Men sin and fall and make horrible choices that affect other people, sometimes unfairly but god is still in control and i go back to the story of joseph you know where god said um this was meant for evil but i meant it for good Mm -hmm. and god meant it for good not that he just did his you know fixing of what happened and oh now he's got to like fix it and make it good he meant it for good the whole time and so that scripture is kind of where i kind of fall and try to rest is both of those things are true at the same time, and some things just aren't going to be crystal clear <laughs> this side.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's true. You know where, where I look at that. Uh, yeah, God can do anything He wants, but I think what He's decided is to let us make our choices and live with the consequences of that. And sometimes that means, especially in a marriage where it takes you know two to tango, that right. that one person can be influenced negatively by the other person's um, not. You know, walking in the kingdom, not following his prescription for a good life on this earth, and and it does do damage. Um, here's here's the here's the promise in it, and I'm curious where this came in because obviously it did. In the heartache, in the confusion, in the questions, uh, in the having to face the people at church who are secretly judging you and wondering what you did wrong. Um, was God with you, and how was He with you?
1: oh so much so so much and that's what makes looking back that whole journey almost more of a gift than a trial maybe both because Mm -hmm. like i said i grew up in church and so i knew faith i think i took it for granted i had never needed god i knew i needed him to save me i knew i couldn't save myself Mm -hmm. from my sin but when it came to just everyday living you know i had it pretty good um and so when this hit it was the first time I felt like I needed the Lord to just take the next breath. Yeah, I had never been in that position before. So his presence was just so tangible and the way that he met me and sent me so many signs of his love, his, um, I felt very seen and I go into a lot of those details in the book as well. Um, but yeah, his presence was absolutely a gift through that whole journey. And that's such a, that's why I can look back on those rough years and just smile, mm-hmm. which is so strange mm-hmm. because I wouldn't have had that connection with the Lord if it hadn't have been for that trial.
0: Uh, you know, and I think that's so powerful and that's beautiful because when we're going through it, I mean, it doesn't feel like, I mean, if you consider the words of James when he said, consider it pure joy, my <laughs> brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because and, cause like that part alone, like makes no sense to me but when you keep going he says, because you know that the testing of your faith which is what you went through mm-hmm. produces perseverance which none of us want to have to have <laughs> but let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking in anything and I, I'm guessing that you learned a, a big big lesson about perseverance and letting it do a good work in you because you wouldn't be able to smile if if you hadn't experienced that
1: absolutely um one of the chapters in the book i've titled you won't walk this perfectly Mm -hmm. and i give a lot of examples of that because you know it is a journey and you won't walk it perfectly but there is another side and that's just what i love about sharing this story is encouraging women and men that there's another side and this isn't where it ends you know
0: yeah and i think that's it feels like the end but it's not in fact that's in the subtitle i want to show you the book this is once upon a divorce by betsy saint amont Haddocks. walking with god after and in quotes appropriately she's a writer the end because it can feel like the end and and it is an end and it's okay to Mm -hmm. grieve and mourn that loss but so. it's not the end with God. And and that's the good news. That's the hope. And let me, let me ask you a little bit about, uh, identity, uh, because especially in the church, especially growing up in the church, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and women, I think more so than men, um, which is probably part of the problem Men need to maybe clue <laughs> in a little bit on this, but you know, we do wrap up our identity in the, the spouse, the, the wife, the mother, the, you know, the family. And I think that's great. But did that create a little bit of an identity crisis when all of a sudden you're the divorcee?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think it's harder for women. I can't speak for men, but (laughs) I feel like it would be harder for women because so many of us girls, we grow up and we're thinking about our wedding from five years old. You know, we, we put on our mom's dress or we, we, um, Find the veil in the in the drawer or whatever. But, you know, that's such a part of what we want our whole life. And we talk about wedding colors and our bridesmaids list changes, you know, every year. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> so when you finally get there and you have all of that, it does feel like a completion of this lifelong dream, you know. Um, And maybe some men kind of think about those things the whole way too. I don't know, but it it feels very personal. So when that suddenly is gone and it's not something that you wanted to lose at the time, um, it's definitely an identity um, crisis of sorts because, you know, I was a wife and a mother and suddenly I'm still a mom, but now I'm momming by myself, you know, for the most part. And, you know, that just, it's, it's hard. It's hard to reconcile, like, who am I now? What do I do next? What does this mean? And there's this urgency that springs up, which I also address in the book, (laughs) because it's so crucial of trying to fix what you lost, and Mm -hmm. just either force it back. Or if you can't force it back, if if your ex is truly done, you're you almost go in this panic search of, okay, who can I marry next, Mm -hmm. because I have to put my life back together, because Mm -hmm. that's where your security is, you don't know it, because that sounds, that sounds bad for a Christian. (laughs) Oh, my security is in this other person. Um, but that's kind of what I was living. So I had to get to that point of, no, my security is in who I am in Christ, not my title or my ring finger status,
0: you know? And again, one of those things that sounds great, but when you have to live it out, I mean, it gets real personal, uh, and and not as easy as as it sounds really. But I mean, once you get there, and, I'm, and I think probably you have to remind yourself of, we all have to remind ourselves of that on a daily basis, right? But was there a difference in how you approached, uh, you know, other men, your children, God, your, yourself, when you shifted from trying to fill the void or trying to fix a circumstance to resting in who God says you were? Did that change your perspective?
1: It did. Um, it was a slow growth. <laughs> um, dating as a single mom is so hard. So you already, you already feel like you're kind of coming at this from a negative. But once I made some of those initial rebound type mistakes that hopefully are not inevitable, but man, sometimes it seems like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I got through that season, Every relationship attempt or dating attempt, I feel like I matured and was attracting a little bit more of a healthier person with with each one, Um, because, you know, unhealthy, broken people attract unhealthy, broken people. And so when you're in that desperation mode, that's what you're going to bring in. And it's not sustainable. Um, So the healthier you get with your mindset and your heart and your walk with God, that's what you're going to be attracting is. A, a future spouse who yeah. is also learning those lessons.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Was there was there any community uh, that helped walk you through it? I'm assuming you didn't do this on your own.
1: No, definitely not alone. Um, I did end up changing churches pretty quickly. My uh, church I was at during the divorce, they weren't quite sure what to do with me. Um, it was <laughs> no, I mean, it was an odd situation. It was it was a small church. Um, divorce was not common, obviously. Yeah. Um, And I just needed a fresh start. I needed to go somewhere and heal where there weren't mutual friends. And, you know, so I did that. And um, eventually I got plugged into a group, not even connected directly to a church, but just a young adult group uh, ministry called Authentic. And it was led by uh, Bobby and Christy Chandler, who are now pastoring in North Carolina uh, with a church of the same name, They Mm -hmm. Church Planted. And that ministry just literally, I feel like it saved my life, my heart. The Lord used um those men and women in that group to just pour life into me, pour life into my daughter, who was young at the time. Mm-hmm. They loved on both of us and zero judgment. And it gave me a social outlet and a way for me to be around Christian brothers who would treat me well and mm-hmm. kind of help show me what what I needed, you know, and what I needed to look for in a in a future spouse and just, it was a safe place. I definitely would not be where I am today without, without those people.
0: That's great. And really isolation is the enemy of healing. So again, if anyone's going through that, still struggling with a a past divorce, um, don't isolate. That's just where you'll get the whispers and they're not healthy. Um, I'm curious for people who are in a church and, you know, Someone gets divorced, or friends. I've been through this. Where, you know, I know the couple. I've known sometimes the woman even better than the man, but the man's now a friend, and and they get mm-hmm. divorced. And yeah, a lot of we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Uh, is there any good advice and bad advice mm-hmm. for people who know people who are going through divorces? Maybe something yeah. not to say
1: yeah um it's it's hard i know because you want to be there for them but i think one of the most important things is to try to curb any gossip Mm -hmm. don't try to speculate about what happened with other people don't go under the guise of oh prayer request talk about this yeah (laughs) um genuinely do pray for them but if if it's not if it's not like an open story um that's very known to everyone in the community don't Just try to try to leave it alone and let them know that you love them and you're praying for them and open a door and say, I'm available. If you would like to talk with me, Um, I'm praying for you no matter what. If you want to keep your privacy, that's fine too. Like make yourself known because you don't want them to feel like nobody cares. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go the other extreme, but you don't want to be nosy. You don't want to gossip. So I think that's really the key is just making sure they feel loved and seen and just let the information happen if it's meant to happen and sometimes you just don't get to know both sides and just try to keep an open mind and remember there are two sides to every story and you know you're you might not hear both
0: yeah yeah and you know if if i break a limb and i go to the doctor i want him to fix it and mm-hmm. we can talk about what happened later but right now yeah. i just need i need a little healing yeah. you know yeah and, and i think sometimes we want to have a long conversation while that person's in pain. And that's not always the best time to do it. Um,
1: yeah. And that's why I wrote a lot of these, um, a lot of the chapters in the book have some advice that's geared for friends and family yeah. of the person going through a divorce. So yeah. it's uh, still a good resource, even if you're not the one actually going through it.
0: So. And, I, and I like that because we, we need that. Cause you don't, you know, you don't always know what to do. You don't know what to say. Um, I've got one more question for you. It's an easy one. But before I do that, I want to show people your website. If you want to check out Betsy's, the, the fiction as well, you can find it here at betsystamont.com. And it's got, I mean, you've got a romance cover right there on your website, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right there. And here's my here's my last question for you. Um, how has that experience impacted your fiction writing
1: well funny enough i got my dream book contract with my dream publisher a two-book deal about a month after my ex walked out the door (laughs) so that was very interesting timing um me and my mom discussed that together and we thought okay surely this means you know, you, your marriage will get will get put back together because surely God doesn't intend wow. for you to write romance right now, but he did because um, he wanted to write it with me. And one of those books is called Love Arrives in Pieces and it features a divorced heroine, which is kind of rare in Christian fiction, especially back several years ago. Mm-hmm. So Love Arrives in Pieces is um, a story of mosaic tiles and beauty from broken. Mm. And I put a lot of me and my hurt and life lessons into that particular story. So it's it's very special to me that book still um so that that really impacted and then now kind of on the other side of things I've gotten remarried. I feel like I just have a different perspective of what romance is
0: mm.
1: and kind of more of a of a real life view not just the the Hallmark version but the the nitty-gritty and the real life of what romance can can be so <laughs>
0: well that's that's good, uh, I like that. And most of all, the hope, God can take the broken pieces and, and put us back together. Uh, and yeah, there there's still, I mean, there's still a loss. We, we carry scars, but you can heal. It doesn't have to be that open wound the rest of your life. So, wonderful. Anything you wanna add? I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being open about this because it's not an easy thing, I understand that.
1: It's not, and I was hesitant to write the book at first um, because I thought, you know, my story is not that dramatic. You know, nobody was held at gunpoint. <laughs> like it's yeah, not,
0: not compared to what your, your fiction novels, no. <laughs> this
1: is not a lifetime movie, fodder. Um, but I think that was why I needed to write it, is because it is just a story and it is relatable. Um, especially now, I've been learning how relatable it is to so many people. Mm-hmm. And I just want them to feel seen and heard and, and know that the Lord still loves them and is still writing their story.
0: Yeah, you know, we're all broken to to a degree we're all sinners and even while we were in our sin christ died for us that love doesn't go away and you you can't you can't win it and you can't lose it that love's there regardless thank you so much appreciate you Uh, thank you i appreciate you check out her website betsy st com. uh and once upon a divorce uh if you're going through it you know someone who's going through it um great resource we want to Hold out hope and healing for everyone. Appreciate you guys being here. Hit that like, follow, subscribe if you haven't. If someone is going through this, hit that share button. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.